Contavious Caldwell Pope and the Nuggets trying to take a 2-1 lead out of Miami tonight. Three and a half point favorites now. They were two and a half for a while, Trista. Mm-hmm. People, listen, this is this is a series. Better, we better learn. Two teams that can surprise us at any quarter. That's how it goes, man. I'm already trying to put this uh these one game parlays in right now. I've got uh, parking lot bets. Yep, Jamal Murray eight assists. Jimmy Butler over six and a half assists. I got to add the under for Michael Porter Jr. because I'm fading him. Is it? It's He's still fade. What is it at? Uh, the number that I the number that I can get it at is under yeah fourteen and a half. Right. I thought I saw less than that though. Well, I think I you're saw gonna take it. the under. A higher number is gonna work there. So take that fourteen and a half. Sir, exactly. Ain't nothing wrong with Ain't that. None. Oh, I can get an under sixteen and a half. Let's do that. Under sixteen. And All a half. right. So Scott, should I follow her with the camera when she does this in the parking lot or? Yeah, no, no. It's a little, little gross, actually. Oh, well, little, that way you put little, it like that. A little, little like, a little stalkerish. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There's I'm going to watch with you play some bets, Tristan. And, and exactly. by the way, we know what's going on. Tristan knows what's going on. But what about the security cameras in the garage? That's Betsy, true. a man with a camera chasing No, it's just going to be out in Lowell, out in the street. Oh, there's cameras oh, there's everywhere cameras in D.C. Everywhere. Oh, really? So that is true. Gotcha. But the question is, is who's actually watching them? You can have the cameras, but nobody's watching. Makes a whole different thing happen. Uh, Terrell Furman jumps on with us now. Sports betting podcast. Network. Let's start with the NBA Finals on, you know, big picture here, beyond just, you know, the first couple of games that we've seen. But from what you got in game one and then what you got in game two, how much of anything in terms of your opinion of the series, how it's going to go, length, all of those things changed, if anything? Well, first, I can start off by saying I can attest to the fact that DC has a lot of cameras from the very nice letter that they just sent me in the mail recently. No. So I know that DC has a lot of cameras. Terrell, how much but was the ticket? How much, it had to be at least 100 bucks, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's 100 bucks, and I got about nine days before that 100 turns into 200. So I'm about oh. to go handle that. <laughs> they don't play around, man. I've had that, too, and I've had it grow. On. Do not forget about that ticket. <laughs> Oh, no, absolutely not. Now that we talked about it, I I just sat there and said, I need to go pay this ticket. So, (laughs) (laughs) But back to to game three, what really, nothing changed for me because I was on Miami Heat since the beginning. And what the Heat instilled and made me feel better about them going forward in this series is that they understand the recipe for success against the Denver Nuggets. As much as everybody doesn't want to admit it, as much as Eric Spolstra doesn't want to admit it, If Jokic scores, and Jokic scores a lot, and he's the only one contributing to the team, you have a very, very good chance of beating this team. It's when Jokic is going, getting everybody involved, when he's doing the Magic Johnson, hee-hee, passes around, and you got Aaron Gordon coming out the corner, catching lobs, and Jamal Murray hitting step back threes like that's the situation where the Denver Nuggets thrive and that offense can put up 120 points per game easy but what the Miami Heat are doing here is they're making it harder for everybody else around Jokic so while Jokic is saying what y'all doing this is easy I'm scoring pretty pretty easy in this series everybody else is struggling and that's why they're in this situation so okay so you like Miami tonight uh but do you also like Miami for the full series Yes, I do. I'm already sitting on a Heat in six ticket. I have a Heat money line, just straight up ticket on the series. I really do like the Heat tonight, uh, just because of the fact of I, I think that the books aren't going to lose. Like we talk about BetMGM, BetGM, MGM Sports Trader is saying that everybody's like they have three times the amount of money on the Denver Nuggets. And how many times do the books really lose that situation? Not really. If they did, they wouldn't be anymore. So. 
Uh, I just, sometimes you just got to trust the line movement and trust fading where all the money is at and saying somehow, some way, the Miami Heat are going to find a way to get it done like they've done over the course of the entire playoffs. So uh, Jimmy Butler, I expect him to have a big impact. I expect everybody around this team, maybe a Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, like some of those other guys coming off the bench to really have a big impact for them and help drive the scoring up. We've seen a lot from Bam Adebayo, too. So if the Heat win this, you'd say, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler's the favorite on the Heat to win MVP. But any chance? Maybe just a little sprinkle on Bam just in case? I I understand the talk, and I get it. I see it. <laughs> but I just have a very, very – if Caleb Martin didn't win, you know, Eastern Conference Finals MVP and the contribution that he had in that Celtics series consistently – I just don't know what would happen if Jimmy has a few good games and how they don't give it to Jimmy. Like it's just kind of a precedence that had been set in the Western Eastern Conference Finals that kind of no matter what happens, as long as these guys have pretty decent stat lines, and I expect Jimmy Butler to bounce back, it's going to go to Jimmy Butler and Nicole Jokic. Let's shift over to the WNBA a little bit because I feel like there's a lot of interesting storylines, um, not just in terms of like news and I just saw that the WNBA commissioner would consider hosting a game in Saudi Arabia which would be absolutely wild <laughs> um but like when we're in this I know it's weird when we're at this point in the season like what do you feel has shaken out uh in terms of like who's actually good and who's not so I think that there's different levels of good so let's say it like that you have great exponential all of those, this, just pull out a thesaurus and find all those words. That is the Las Vegas Aces, and the New York Liberty will get there. Now, a lot of people are like, well, the Liberty kind of, you know, they just lost Chicago. They haven't been looking that good this season, lost to the Mystics earlier. This is what Sandy Brundella's team done. They did it last year where they started off very, very slow with that new New York Liberty team coming in, first-year head coach. And by the time that about after all-star break that's when they hit their stride they started playing really really good basketball and really competing with the best teams of the league and then you had them steal a game in chicago in the playoffs so sandy brandello's teams typically start off slower look really really good to the end so i say that the aces and the liberty are still in that really really good tier tier one then you have that tier two where you have the connecticut sun who just gave the aces a battle last night where you have the washington mystics where they've been up and down but you know that defense is elite and it can carry them to a run and dare i say it but we might have to put the Chicago Sky in that tier as well. Yeah. And that hurts me because I came up here and dogged the Sky out. But they look really, really good. James Wade and company has this team playing with who they have because there's a lot of injuries over there. Playing with who they have and playing really, really good balls. So this Chicago Sky looks like, you know, in that same tier of the Connecticut Sun and Washington Mystics with me. And if Isabel Harrison can come back from that knee surgery – Look out for them because they could be an interesting team if she comes in and adds another level of scoring for them. And then in terms of who is not good, because I know we were talking about the fever and that they were going to continue to compete, and that is exactly what they mm -hmm. did last night. Like, they will play hard until the very mm -hmm. end. Like, who are the bottom ring, bo bottom rung teams that we have to fade? Because that part is very difficult for me, Terrell, because a lot of times I'll just – try to fade the bad teams instead of, you know, going up mm -hmm. and down with the good to mediocre teams. And it feels like I can't even get that right. Yeah, so I don't think that it's a fade 
the bad teams. Like you can't because look, the Seattle Storm went and covered the Indiana Fever. I believe actually yes. have the best ATS record in the league at four and one. So you can't fade them. You can't fade the Seattle Storm because they're competing every single game. They got us a miracle win. I don't know how you score six points in the first quarter and end up winning the game, but they did it. They found a way to do it. I don't know how they want, they was able to cover that number against Dallas, but they found a way to do it. They almost covered the number the first time against Sparks. So you really can't even fade the Seattle Storm, who looks like that they're tanking for Caitlin Clark. So it's real. You got to look at individual teams and what side of the ball can you fade them on? I think I've had a lot more, a lot better of a chance with totals over this season than I have on the spread just because you can't just fade the bad teams because those teams are covering but teams like the Atlanta Dream teams like the Dallas Wings Dallas Wings who have the best uh, record in the league to the over bad defensive teams are teams that you can fade and you can sit here and say hey maybe we can get them on a spread maybe we can get them on a team total over for the other team or anything like that or maybe we back the Washington Mystics defensively they're the best under team in the league we can back them on the under so while things still kind of shake out and we kind of figure out who's a pretender and who's for real because the Mystics are 0-5 against the spread maybe they're the team to fade against the spread and not the Indiana Fever it's a lot of things still to look at but I think totals have been the market to tap and be more efficient in if you start looking at who's good at defense who's bad at defense and fading it that way and you mentioned the New York Liberty. I mean, they're off to a four and two start. It's like there was a lot of hype around them. Clearly, as a super team along with the Aces, the Aces are just killing everybody. Their point differential two is over sixteen, and you're watching the Liberty with a couple of early losses. Like we know when teams bring in new players, we've seen it in every sport. Sometimes you're kind of learning on the job a little bit. But is there anything that you've seen early on through the first six games with the Liberty specifically, where you say, yeah, they're going to be favorites, but it might be worth fading them because this is happening, or you can find this little angle to go in here and take this advantage until they start to get things, you know, into a better position where there's more of a rhythm. Yeah, I think it's just more of the time of the season. Like I said earlier, Sandy Brandello's team last year started off really slow, and I kind of kept an eye on that early this year. And when I saw, you know, I faded them that first game against the Mystics, and then I saw them come and bounce back against the Sun, and we uh, had them looking at them and kind of faded them against the sky as well. We hit against the sky, and you just got to sit here and say, hey, maybe it just takes Sandy Brandello a little while to get her group into buying into her system looking really really well you have Serena Ionescu who is dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury right now and that's bothered her and she's been off a little bit but Nigel Laney has been the X factor for this team so when she's been good they've been good when she's been bad they haven't been as well and so it's everybody else you know we talk about the Brianna Stewart the Jacqueline Jones Courtney Vanessus it's like everybody else has to kind of get on that level and they're not there yet so I just think it's right now a temporary thing for them, and they'll be uh, they'll be good back towards uh, maybe next month around All Star break when they start to really gel and figure it out. That's when we can back them. But right now, if this game tipped off, I know that it got canceled because of the uh, air quality in New York. I would have been on the Minnesota Lynx. Everything was pointing to the Minnesota Lynx, and it was a lot of points, and it felt like something that they could have covered close. So this probably was the best thing for get this game to later in the season. Aaliyah Boston has been killing uh, her player props. Like, they have been setting it at 10.5. She's been getting it pretty much over every single time. What other player props do you think that better should be keeping their eye on overs or unders? Not just points, but assists, rebounds, all the like. 
Easy McBeggar for the Seattle Storm. Oh my gosh. Easy McBeggar is a double-double machine. Absolute double-double machine. Her rebounds prop is typically around 8.5, 9.5, depending on where you get the number. I love betting her rebounds prop. I came up here and I sang the pra- the praises of Alyssa Thomas early in the season. Sang the praises of Alyssa Thomas. They keep dropping her number at five and a half, six and a half, and she's doing really, really good for assists. So I like Alyssa Thomas assists going forward. And these are kind of like plays that I just kind of like in any matchup. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They just find a way to get to this number. So those are a couple. I'm always going to stick with the sharpshooters and trust them to go out there and have a good game. Your Kalia Copper, Jewel Lloyd, like two people that are on the on a team that they handle the ball, they handle the offense. Jewel Lloyd is walking in 25 almost every single game. I believe she has four straight games with at least 25 plus points. So Jewel Lloyd is one. And Marina Mabry for that Sky team as well. Keep your eye out on her. She's been playing really, really well. Uh, we played her 20 plus for plus 260 last night Ooh. in a hit. Wow. <laughs> so somebody in here was uh, doing some sleuthing and sniffing around. And they uh, okay. found out you are quite interested in the NFL Coach of the Year market right now. <laughs> Very excited about it, apparently. So I don't know where you're going with this, but I'd love to know who you love right now for Coach of the Year. So when we talk about Coach of the Year, we have some some things and – you sit there, you look at past coaches' years, especially recently, first-year head coaches or good coaches that go on the team, big change in the win total. Shane Steichen is very, very interesting wow. here because the range of outcomes for Shane Steichen is so huge because, one, he's in a bad division. And right now, everybody's just penciling Jacksonville to win the division and be really good. I don't know when the last time that we just went into an offseason and we penciled Jacksonville to be really, really good. And they actually came up to those expectations. But it's been a pretty long time. I'm not going to lie to you. So if we sit here and we say we're fading the Tennessee Titans, and for some reason, somehow the Tennessee Titans find a way to actually not win the division because they looks like they're not going to do it this year. I think the Colts are a very, very good team that, one, they've shown the track record to be able to pull it together defensively, and they have the biggest X-factor at quarterback in Anthony Richardson. Could this be something like early seasons Lamar where people just didn't know what to do against him, and he's able to go through there and steal a couple of games, win a couple of games in division? You go If he goes out there and they get a division title and make the playoffs, Steichen is going to be in there. And, 25 to 1, that's dropping all the way to maybe 5 to 1, 6 to 1, something like that. So why not a ticket like that in your back pocket? So Shane Steichen's been one of my very, very praises of saying, hey, he has a wide range of outcomes, and Coach of the Year is definitely one of them.